kind of funny thing about it is, is they originally were used at King's Dominion. King's Dominion had a water park, not like, mm-hmm. not like the water park you're thinking of, where yeah. you know, the slides and everything. But it was like a big lake where they pulled skiers and they okay. did like entertaining things there. Was this back in the days of the safari park? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Back in the '70s, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and these were used to pull the boats around and get in in and out of the, the lake. So interesting. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of a little tidbit there. Steven. That is who I am. <laughs> Oh, are you ready for today's topic? Yeah, I'm all over today's topic, actually. I love I love talking about this stuff. Well, might get a little controversial. I mean, we seem to have a difference of opinion for for a change. Normally we, we get along and you know, we have similar ideas, but I guess to kind of start things off here, for anyone who hasn't heard, Volkswagen is going to be bringing back the Scout. Oh, the Scout. And for our audience that is below a certain age or just doesn't know a lot about vehicles, uh, can you tell them what the Scout was? Well, yeah, Scout was. Originally, the Scout was um, from the International Harvester Company who did tractor stuff from the 1800s on, you know, down. And then about, it's just after the war, they came out with uh, World War II, I would say the war, but they, they came out with the... Um, the Scout 80, which more people would be more familiar with the look of the original Bronco, mm-hmm. the little tiny, you know, square body thing. It looks very similar to that. Yeah. And, you know, Ford just brought back the Bronco. Right. So that's something that a lot of people are probably familiar with because they, they kept a lot of the fairly original lines on the, the newer Broncos compared to the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm actually, I was very impressed by it. Yeah. I feel like maybe size difference is a little kind of off. It's got to be a little bit bigger. Yeah. But, you know, especially when you start getting into like safety equipment and things like that, you're going to have to beef it up a little bit. But mm-hmm. the one, the scouts though, that most people were, if they know about them, they know about the scout twos and, you know, that's what that's what my dad had. That's I had you know, two of those also, um, and it was a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. more like your Bronco, like like your full size Bronco. Okay. Or, or and I, I'm using Ford because a lot of the parts were interchangeable between oh, the two. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Crazy capable, like very very capable. The the old 80s and 800s. So there was an 80 and an 800 series, but those were both short body, and they came in uh, originally with little four cylinder. Basically tractor motors. It, you know, <laughs> I used to be in a club for scouts, and um, one of the guys had one. And when he started it up, it sounded just like a tractor. That's great. It, it was it was cool. But they even came with um, some of the models came with a PTO on the front. Oh wow! Yeah, so nice. you don't know what a PTO is. Basically, think about what a tractor uses when pieces are like hooked to it, like the mower and things. It's got a drive shaft that comes off, and it actually spins the the blades, that kind of stuff. But they had that on the front, so you could do winches and yeah. all kinds of things off it. But you could actually put like farm equipment off of it to you know to use farm equipment. Just run a bush hog off front of your truck, <laughs> right? Well, now, the whole idea is they decided to come out with this to uh, I guess alleviate the need for horses. 
Mm-hmm. But these little vehicles were small, and they but they would still do work and that kind of thing. But you could have fun with them too. Yeah, uh, scouts. They ended in eighty, eighty one, somewhere around there. They had just switched over the front grill. They changed it from a uh, circular headlight to a square, hmm. and then they were gone. Basically, um, the labor union strikes, and they kind of priced themselves out of business. Okay. Um, the the big thing is, like, say they were extremely capable, uh, but they had an issue with the rust. Yeah. Um, they, and I feel like the ones that I've seen, most of them have been rusting out back behind somebody's shed or barn or something like that. Um, yeah. Occasionally, I've seen them that have been halfway restored. I feel like I, I don't know that I've ever seen a truly restored one, at least not in this area. Not really in this area. I, I knew at least one guy that was out in Mechanicsville that had several, and I think he's still out there. Okay. There was the travel law, too. Traveler. Traveler, I think it was called. Uh, it was an extended version. Uh, it had a, a longer back on it. Okay. Most of the ones you see that are in the best shape are out west. Yeah. You know, Naturally. So, yeah. You get one out there, you're good. But there was a whole company that had parts. For the scouts mm-hmm. for a long, long time. I don't know if they're still in business, but they had, you know, you could take the top off the scout, mm-hmm. just like a Bronco. You could put a soft top on it, you know, you had that. But they had a fiberglass body tub, like oh. one piece whole tub <laughs> that the fenders were built in and everything. Yeah. It was all made of fiberglass. So you would never have the rusting issue mm-hmm. you know, at that point in time. I think they made a hood. There were a couple pieces that were still metal that you would have to, I think. The the issue is that I believe is what it was. They, When they manufactured them, they did not um, prime the inside of <laughs> the metal. They just basically welded it together, primed it, painted yeah. it, and moved on. So that's what would happen. People would use these things for what mm-hmm. they were made for. Yeah. You know, go have fun, drive on the beach, <laughs> drive down the trails. But that sand and the, the, the Moisture, water, all that stuff would go salt, inside yeah. and then rust from the inside out. Gotcha. And it was always the rocker panels down at the bottom of the fenders. The same yeah. place on every scout you see mm. is where it rusts. Yeah. And obviously you can fix things like that and, and, and go there. Uh, I wish I'd kept mine and just put the time into it. Yeah. yeah. It was actually my my... I, I got two at one time, and one was basically like a super base model, mm-hmm. and the other one was like a luxury model. <laughs> I got a crazy good deal on it, and I ended up selling both of them eventually and yeah. making more than what I what I paid for <laughs> before. But uh, uh, well, never have you regretted so much making some money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really wish I had them. I you know kind of looking on the screen at the the concept of the new ones from Volkswagen and you know the the they have a truck version and the SUV version the SUV version is very close to the uh, Scout too I'm I'm pretty impressed by that well and so yeah kind of getting back at this I think I sent you an article talking about the release and so for anyone who doesn't know uh, Volkswagen is going to be releasing the Scout as its own brand right of purely electric off road vehicles yeah. Um, and you weren't very pleased with not that originally. I wasn't pleased with it. <laughs> it's just that I I didn't think because I'm so I know the capabilities of the original Scouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like 
super tough. They, you know, solid axles, Dana, some of them had Dana 60s in them, which was, that's a very tough axle. And, you know, easily lifted Mm -hmm. and you could just do so much with it. So I'll just get, and it's anything new now. (laughs) Like my Jeep is a four wheel drive. Well, but it's front wheel drive, and then if it needs it, it pulls the the, the back wheel, the rear yeah. wheels in. So mm-hmm. it's like opposite of how things actually should be for four wheel drive. Yeah. So it's it's I know it's not as capable any by any means, but when you get your mind set on something like that, and you get excited about the idea that somebody's going to mm-hmm. bring it back, you go, I just hope they make it as capable as it was. Yeah, and you know, I I will say, looking at the uh, the renderings, like they're keeping a lot of that classic styling. But at the same time, doing a pretty good job of like modernizing it, and it kind of kind of like we were saying about the new Broncos. Like, I love the look of the new Broncos; they seem pretty good. I know one person who has the smaller one, but not a long term. I mean, they haven't been out that long, so I don't know how they're going to perform long term. Right. But when I looked at it, I immediately uh, thought about Rivian with the R1T and the R1S. Same concept, you know, truck and SUV, fully electric, built for off roading. And everything I've heard about them has been great, other than the fact that the company's not not thriving just yet, you know. Right. So <laughs> there is that. But yeah, so when when I when I saw this and I heard about it, I was pretty excited. Anytime there's more uh, these off road centered electric vehicles coming out, because I feel like that's the one thing when the, everyone starts talking about EVs, like it's like oh, it's gonna kill, it's gonna kill trucks and SUVs. But I mean. They're kind of actually leading the way, yeah. Possibly because it's probably easier to pack a bigger battery under an SUV than a you know a sedan, but yeah, also probably. because that's what people want these days is the bigger, you know, gigantic vehicle on the road kind yeah. of deal. I mean, International made trucks too that mm-hmm. would look like a Scout basically with a truck bed. Mm-hmm. They had like say the the top could come off, yeah, and they had a cab roof that you could get for the scout to essentially make it mm-hmm. a, a, a truck pick nice. up truck so that was kind of kind of cool and you know look at this and this it's pretty similar it's a little longer cab on it kind of thing yeah but yeah i, I don't know it's it, it's funny because there's not a lot of places to really go crazy in virginia mm-hmm. you know there's some some mountain roads that kind of thing but you know as far as really getting into it you have to go out west yeah that kind of thing so I'm all talking about capabilities of trucks, but I don't even really <laughs> be able to use it, you know. I'm not looking to mud bog in it. Right. Well, and, you know, you're talking about, like, going out west and maybe spending some time off-grid, that kind of thing. The one thing I'm pretty excited about, and it hasn't, I haven't really seen too much happen yet, but is the idea that if you have a fully electric off-road vehicle, someone's going to come up with a solar, like, a folding solar kit that you throw in the back of your truck, and when you get to camp... You can charge your truck while you're there. Absolutely. I mean, just think about the potential for like sustained off-road traveling and, you know, not having to worry about, oh, I got to go back to town to get gas or that kind of thing, you know? I don't know why they just build it into the roof. Well, I'm sure it probably needs, they probably, well, and as solar panels become more efficient, that's a possibility, but I'm sure you need a larger setup right now to, I guess, charge it with any sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Efficiency, regularity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that much about it at this point in time. Yeah. The one thing I do know, without even this having come out, is I won't be able to afford one when they come out. 
because there's that. Oh, you know, with Rivian, I don't know if you pay attention, but uh, they they recently kind of changed the price on things, and uh, they're now at like ninety thousand. Yeah, know? which is just insane for thinking about a pickup truck or an SUV. You know, but they're throwing luxury features into these things, and but is it though? I mean, I've driven down the road and looked at trucks and been like, "Oh, that's nice." And you look where they post it on the on the window what it is, and it's like seventy five grand. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, (laughs) oh my god." Well, you know, it's kind of funny because uh, every now and again, I daydream with someone else's money. I don't know who, but not mine. And so I've I've been wanting to get another. Man, I drive a car these days, and it's great to have something that's fuel efficient and something small in town, but I constantly feel like I'm going to die on the road because everything's bigger than me, you know? <laughs> and I would love to be able to kind of hit a fire road or something. So I, I've started looking at just like, basically my criteria is like anything four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive with a little bit of clearance, and that can pull a trailer. I need a trailer hitch. So I started just kind of looking at things, and you know, I used to have a Tacoma. Yes. Love the Tacoma. It was a four-door. Um, I loved your Tacoma. The double too. cab. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was four-wheel drive. So if I was to buy that vehicle brand new, and this is just MSRP. This is not any like dealer jacking up the rates like they've been doing recently. That truck starts at just under $33,000. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's... Tacomas have never had any luxury features in there. So that's that's with just base features, you know. Right. But then the Forerunner, to get a four wheel drive version of the Forerunner, starts at just under forty thousand dollars. And I'm like, I'm looking at these numbers and I'm like, these are you know, these aren't the luxury ones. These aren't it's not even a full size truck. Like right. get into full size trucks, like you said, yeah, sixty, seventy thousand dollars is becoming normal. And ah oh, man, I remember just a few years ago, looking at houses that cost less than, well, maybe not less than seventy thousand, but around the seventy to so ninety thousand. What part of the hood were you in? <laughs> hey, I was looking at fixer uppers. Okay. okay, yeah, but it's like, ah, oh. I mean, all right. So let's say, just kind of speaking Virginia here, where we are, you can go out into some counties and you can pick up land for about five thousand an acre. Yeah, so you can get. Eight acres of land or an SUV. <laughs> right? It's all, all in your priorities, my man. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Well, people get them too, and they just get them because they like them. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. They're getting them to, to use them for what they're made for. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw a, a Forerunner that had mud on it. <laughs> you know? Not really. Or, or a good-looking truck. Oh, beautiful. The, yeah. the new... I, mean, I I like what the, the last body style of the Tacoma did and the newest style of the um, Forerunner. Uh, and some of the colors they have, like they've got the army green color. Love it. Yeah. Saw one of those last night. Yeah, there's that like, <laughs> blue-gray color mm-hmm. they have, too. I love that one. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, when we used to go shoot uh, down in Capron, um, if it, it was in a, it was in a field, like an old cow field. Mm-hmm. And the main road in ran right between two fields along a fence line. Okay. And if it rained <laughs> a lot, that road got rough, mm-hmm. like nasty, muddy, and people, you know, there's, Guys got RVs and stuff down there, and they'd have to get the tractor to come pull them out. <laughs> you get guys that would think that they could get through, and their truck would get 
it stopped. And there was this one guy one time, and it was almost like comical to watch this happen um, because these big, you know, super duties and things were going. They mm-hmm. were getting stuck. There's this one guy in a little old, um, what do they call him? Um, it was a Toyota. It was before the Tacoma. Um, oh, when it was just the Toyota pickup. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure it had a number, but I don't even know what it is. But, yeah, yeah, he he was lifted a little bit and had some decent tires on it, and he would just plug right on through that mud. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> so, and everybody would laugh because all the other guys were getting stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, Toyota makes a decent vehicle. Yeah, and so, you know, I mean, it's been a number of years now, uh, but when I when I first started getting interested in, like, off-roading or, you know, what I call car camping, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff out in the mountains, uh, I, that, tr- the Tacoma that I had was, you know, the first one I picked up. So it's the only off-road capable vehicle I've ever had. Okay. But you've had quite a few. I've had several, yeah. Can you name them all? Um, or is that going to tax the, you too much? No, <laughs> I mean like true off-road vehicles. Was I had the Xterra, I had the Scouts, but at the Scouts, I I only had one that was I ended up I put on the road, and other than just going to a little mud area that we used to drive up to and kind of just get the trucks dirty, I didn't go you know much farther away because mm-hmm. I didn't trust it. Oh. you know, engine wise, engine was very strong. It, I didn't trust my four barrel tuning skills weren't the best. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Gotcha. So I, I just didn't trust Understood. my. I didn't trust myself as much as I did the truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? The I had the the Trailblazer, which I I did take that to the mountains. Mm-hmm. You know, we took that up to try to get Uncle Buck's truck. <laughs> yeah. I think it was. That's really it. And you've got the the newer Cherokee now. Jeep, yeah. Oh, you know, I did have a, a, an older Cherokee for a small period of time. Bought it cheap. Okay. It was a sport edition, uh, so it was two doors. Okay. Um, we took that out to the beach a couple times and that kind of thing. Um, but I bought it cheap, turned around, sold it. You know, used it for a while, and turned around, yeah. sold it. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I've had a lot of cars over yeah. the years. Well, and you know, it used to be easier to kind of pick up something cheap and either turn around and flip it or just keep it as a like a toy kind of but yeah. not these days with the used car prices the way they are i i imagine it's difficult and when i started looking at the reason i started looking at newer cars was because i i was just searching for like used tacomas that kind of thing and i forget where where i had my filter set if it was like 20 grand or something like that and i couldn't find anything under that price anywhere around and i was right. like well if i'm gonna spend more than that i might as well start looking at you know newer ones which again, shopping with someone else's money, imaginary money, window shopping. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No harm in that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's yeah. My dad. I grew up with my dad just doing that. Mm-hmm. He bought used cars. He bought a car at a dealership one time and had a horrible experience with the whole thing. Car. Okay. But kind of basically it was a lemon. Mm-hmm. Ever since that, he said no more. I'll never do that again. And he yeah. didn't. <laughs> never bought another thing from a dealership. So that's how I grew up. But. As I got older, I saw the benefits of having a, a newer vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, from a dealer, had a warranty, things yes. like that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't I don't mind buying from a dealer at this point in time. But when it comes to tr- toys, <laughs> and that's the <laughs> the thing is I'm I want one badly now. Yeah. I, I want to do more. I want to get back into riding the trails and things. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that this Jeep is up for it. Yeah. So it's like. Okay, I want a toy, 
what do I get? Mm-hmm. Because you go back and get something cool and old, you know, but then you don't want to take it out because you don't want it to get messed up too bad. <laughs> well, yeah, that's catch twenty two. You, know? you so, don't want to go too far back, right? But you want to be able to, you know, to modify it, mm-hmm. make it more capable, things like that, or make it to where you can camp in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoyed camping in the Xterra. So it's just, it's it's a harder decision now to me to yeah. figure out what I want to do. Well, and you know, it kind of brings up a point. Um, you know, you mentioned going too far back, getting something too classic and not wanting to do anything with it. I watched a video earlier today on YouTube. Peter McKinnon, he's a photographer up in Canada. So normally watch him for like uh, photo video type stuff. He's got a second channel called Pete's Pirate Life where he talks about kind of more fun things that he does, um, like four-wheeling and that kind of stuff. And he actually just posted a video about he was trading, and he had a like a 2002 Ford Raptor. And he he said he bought it back in October, and he was trading it in. And his reason was he felt like he had to baby it. He said, it's too nice. I feel like I can't do anything with it. You know, those trucks are very expensive. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. They start at like seventy five. I think at like seventy five. And uh, so he was trading it in for basically a uh, just uh, fully loaded like F one fifty. You know, so right. it's it's a cheaper truck with all the nice stuff on the inside, but something that he felt like he you know he could throw junk in the back and not not worry about scratching it. You know, yeah. It's, you know, if you have the abilities and the skills, you can certainly save money by doing a lot of modifying things mm-hmm. yourself. A buddy of mine from the um, seafood place I worked at, he has a Suzuki Samurai. Oh, my gosh. That he's built up. Yeah. Lifted it. He's He built his own front and rear bumpers because mm-hmm. he, he knows how to weld. He's very, very good yeah. at welding. And, you know, he did the same thing with his daughter. I think he she has an older Cherokee that he's, you know, he did the same thing. He lifted it, but gave her bumpers and things on it. And nice. It, it, it's, love the love that little Suzuki. He, yeah. He's done a very good job with it. And um, it it is quite capable. Those Suzukis are actually, you, you look at some of the top 20 lists, and mm-hmm. they're, they're making the top 20 lists of the uh, <laughs> you know, most capable vehicles. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, the electric versus the gas and things like that. And when, when you're out, you know, I used to do a little rock crawling and it's funny cause you, you don't use very much gas because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going slow because you're going very slow. <laughs> right. But I don't know how that would equate with electricity. Yeah. I don't know if the, uh, the exertion of, of the, of the, the motors is more on an electric than it would be on a gas motor. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, and I wonder what kind of opportunities there are for like variable torque, you know, especially when you have independent motors on each axle, right. you know. I wonder if that's what they're going to do with these. I didn't look. Yeah, I I, I don't think they've released too many okay. plans about the Scout, but yeah. No, yeah, so there's there's lots of questions for sure when you're we're going that direction, but again, it com- for me it comes back to by the time I can afford one. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. But how about this if you were to get, we'll say, pre-80s, any kind of off-road vehicle, off-road capable vehicle, pre-80s, you have anything in mind? Pre-80s. I mean, I mean, we've talked about this fairly recently. I've talked about picking up like a 70s pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And not that we're trying to like, you know, toot Ford's horn today, but they just keep coming up. Um, Ford recently 
uh, did a like a demo model. I forget what was like a 78, 79, something like that. Uh, F-150 that they, or F-100, sorry. Yeah. That they basically have a crate electric motor uh, that, you know, fits in in place of the, the original gas motor. But I've, I've thought about picking up something like that where if you get it looking good enough and then you have that capability to, and, and Chevy has a similar motor, but you know, if you have that ability to kind of swap in a motor like that, that would be pretty cool for, for longevity purposes. Right. You know, because if I'm buying it right now in 2022, but if it's something that's nice enough, looks nice enough and I can hold on to, then, you know, for sure. Now, would you just use it <laughs> for the parking lots or would you actually take <laughs> it somewhere and do something with it? Oh, no. Yeah. And that's, again, that's why I'm not trying to like get anything super classic or anything because like, I mean, you remember the truck I had. I was I was so happy when I bought that truck that it was scratched up that the guy before me had hunted in it. Right. Because I was like, great. I don't have to be concerned because, you, you know, like I don't care if it's a bicycle like you put your first scratch on something and you want to cry. Oh yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, I was like, hey, you know, great. It's already kind of in a little bit of rough shape, but it looked good from fifty feet away. No, yeah, I would absolutely be using that. I'd go camping, go to the hardware store and throw lumber in the back, that kind of stuff. You know. Yeah. I don't know how many. I mean, even with the car I have now, I've got a roof rack for my kayaks and bike, and uh, I mean, I've strapped lumber to the top of that thing. You know. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> It's I, there. I think I've strapped furniture to the top of it, which is probably not the safest thing to do, but, you know. Well, you know, um, kind of a funny story for first scratches. Uh, mm-hmm. Got the Xterra. Okay. Did a few modifications for it. Put some better tires on it, that type of thing. Took Pulled the running boards off. Mm-hmm. I hated those. Yeah. Wanted that clearance. And um, me and Andrew actually roll up for our first trip to the mountains. We big levels and that you know, mm-hmm. Chew Creek where you could run the whole thing at that point in time. We're about halfway up big levels, and my front tire catches the edge of a stick, and it flips up and (laughs) right into my door. Oh, my gosh. Dings it, scratches it, first time out. (laughs) And the one thing that my wife said is, don't scratch it up. (laughs) So I'm looking at the thing, I'm like, oh, my God. So we finished the run, obviously. I mean, why stop now? Uh Uh-huh. And um, we got home. I backed it into the driveway, <laughs> which, because it was the opposite of the house. Yeah. And she knew instantly. She <laughs> said, Why'd you back it in? Because I never back anything. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you back it in? So mm-hmm. I just want to unload it, make it easier to unload. <laughs> <laughs> and she walked around and she said, uh, What is this? And like, like, it wasn't my fault. It just, it hit, the tire hit it and it flew up. It's right. not something I could help. Oh. <laughs> well, if you weren't there, you could have helped it. <laughs> So, yeah. You should have said it happened on the interstate or something. <laughs> Flew up from a trailer. I don't um, know. But, yeah, no. Well, it's like uh, my buddy Jason, who has, he's messed up a few few trucks out in the mountains. Um, maybe one day he'll come and chat with us. But, uh, you know, he had that, what was? Silverado. It was, was it a 1500 or 2500? No, it was 15. So, no, it had, was a 15 because the first transfer Casey bought was for a 25. That's right. I <laughs> so, you know, he had this, he had an older truck, you know, and it, it was in good shape, but it wasn't like a beautiful brand new truck or anything. I bought it. Wait, before or after it rolled <laughs> before. over? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> after that, he replaced it with a brand new Toyota Tundra. And my first thing I told him was like, I bet you're not taking that in the woods. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're still taking the Prius up to the mountains, right? <laughs> uh, which I, I feel like last time I talked to him, he still hadn't um, 
hadn't gone camping since then. Yeah, that was probably next. But that's one of the only roads, too, that you can really call off-road. Yeah. That stretch up there. Yeah, you've got a reddish knob and then flagpole knob. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say this, that I know about, mm-hmm. you know. But there's a lot of, like, northwestern Virginia, like, beyond Winchester kind of thing along that edge that I've never really explored. Yeah. So, from, step up there. From my understanding, once you cross into West Virginia, there's a lot more. And then maybe, like, um, southwest down below Roanoke, there might be some down that yeah. way, too. I mean, they're fire roads mm-hmm. is what they are. Yeah. And you have to, I mean, you're have to they're supposed to be registered vehicles street legal vehicles yeah, yeah. street legal sometimes it's a helicopter <laughs> but yeah uh, they need to be they're supposed to be street legal vehicles so you can't really go too crazy with them <laughs> yeah one again i would be using it something i had for for a little of everything so i wouldn't go crazy and putting thousand dollar tires on there or anything be amazed what people do <sighs> Yeah. Andrew's just <laughs> itching to put his in some mud that will bury down to the axles. Yeah. yeah. But mud mud breaks things. Yeah. I've, now I've seen the trails break things, but because people <laughs> were doing things, you know, guy we used to go with all the time with the Xterras, he had a Cherokee, mm-hmm. you know, one of the older ones, and um, yeah, it was nice. It was lifted and... Yeah, he did a really good job with it. He had a yeah. you know, basket on top. He had a high lift jack. He had everything he needed. And his <laughs> his rear drive shaft twisted. Oh. Like, I've never seen it happen like that before. He mm. was trying to crawl up some rocks, and his rear drive shaft just twisted. So uh, we had to disconnect the drive shaft. <laughs> and he drove home oh, down God. 250 <laughs> at 25 miles an hour with just the front wheels. Oh my it goodness! Took hours, I'm sure. But hey, made it home. So, Gosh. but yeah, there's just some some bad stuff can happen on the trails. But usually, it's because people are doing something, like yeah, trying to climb something they really shouldn't be climbing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. You know, you roll them stuff like that because you're doing something you shouldn't have been doing. Yeah, nine times out of ten. Yeah, now, but it's fun. <laughs> now I will say, um, one of the uh, overlanding channels I follow. Uh, they're actually uh, local-ish, kind of Virginia, West Virginia area. And it's funny. Anytime they have someone on there with, like, a Land Rover, they always, like, razz them because Land Rover drivers always carry spare parts. <laughs> you know? There's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like you always have those trailside fixes. Or yeah, something. but saying that, you know, an older Discovery, mm. I freaking love those, man. Oh, yeah. I passed actually just earlier today. I passed a um a very nice looking Defender. Defender, yeah. There's one down there, yeah, right down there, and um, uh, I guess it's fifteenth. He parks in that lot all the time. Mm. Um, it's it's that one blue. I've seen two. There's there's a baby blue one and there's a gray one. Okay, and I think I can't remember if that's the blue or the gray one. But he's parked down there all the time. Um, like diagonal across from the B Dubs. Okay. So if you want to see a nice one, it's time to Right. Yeah. Uh, I, and Rach is actually, she loves those too. So, mm-hmm. you know, if one day one popped up and I decided to get it, yeah. she wouldn't be against it. You know, the other things she loves, and I dig them too. I'm, I'm all over it. And I like the idea that Jeep brought them back. I just don't like the new style. Oh. <laughs> or the Wagoneers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, I haven't seen one in real life yet. I, oh yeah, I have. Have you? Yeah. Uh, well, and there's uh, we just passed by one of the Jeep dealers. They had a couple. So okay. no, I'm not a fan, honestly. Well, and you have everybody bringing back these legacy lines, and sometimes they're doing a good job, and sometimes not so much. 
like uh, you had a laugh when uh, I brought up the fact that Ford brought back the Maverick, yeah. but it's a pickup truck. Right. <laughs> Oopsie. It's not quite the same thing. Yeah. I not guess. the same thing that I drove in. I drove that in a driver's ed. <laughs> Ford Maverick. Ford Maverick Dodge Diplomat. Maybe that's what Dodge will do next. Right. It'll, yeah. be, it'll, be, a, it'll be a Ram Diplomat. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Dodge made the Rams uh, an actual name, so mm-hmm. Volkswagen's doing the Scout. Yeah, and just to kind of circle back to that, to clarify, you mentioned the Scout was a a model right. under International Harvester. Correct. International Harvester got, I think, bought out or somehow became Navistar. Mm-hmm. Volkswagen Group, the the umbrella company over top of like what we know as VWs, purchased Navistar. Navistar. So they own okay. what used to be International Harvester. So that's how they got the rights to the name. Gotcha. And now they're coming down. So it's not going to be a Volkswagen Scout. It is going to be Scout. Yeah, and it'll just have whatever, whatever. model number. Yeah. yeah. Or name. And they'd be and, cool they did numbers. Yeah. Well, I feel like with if your if your make is Scout, like I don't know, like to say like a yes, this is my Scout Defender or something. That, that would be kind of weird. But if it was like a Scout. 86 like that sounds a little better right yeah but it's supposed to be a full line of uh i believe well it's supposed to be entirely electric but i think it's also going to be entirely like off-road capable vehicles. yeah no no, that's cool that's a cool concept i'm interested to see what the pricing is going to be yeah (laughs) but yeah i i said that my next vehicle is going to be a truck Mm -hmm. just because i've run into too many instances where i needed a pickup truck yeah so um i i'm I'm not torn in that because mm-hmm. I'm not going to get a super nice truck. Yeah. Because I'm going to use it as a pickup truck. <laughs> it will look nice. I want one that, you know, doesn't have like, it's not all dented up, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be afraid to, to go out. And, you know, I'm not going to spend $75,000 on a truck, <laughs> you know. And in season three, Steven shows up with his brand new. <laughs> no, only if they give it to me. Uh, yeah, but that would, you know, for me, that leads the way for whatever other vehicle I might want to be something like this. Mm-hmm. They can be super nice, but then you go, do you use it? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm raising my hand going, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. You know, because I, unfortunately for my wife, I'm I'm not like super attached to any cars. Yeah. I've never gotten that car that I just couldn't do without yeah and i just use them i mm-hmm. use vehicles so at some point in time in my life maybe i'll find that one that i just can't live without and we'll baby it it'll stay in the garage most of the time but i just i don't know just never been that person yeah and maybe from the whole you know the way that my dad just would buy a car and use it and then it would break down and he'd get rid of it Get another one, you know, whatever. But well, but you know, I feel like that's that's a healthy way of looking at things to an extent because I do know people who are super protective of their vehicles. They've purchased a very expensive vehicle, and it kind of it can be an issue sometimes, you know. Oh yeah. And I've never really been the kind of person that's like, oh, you know, clean your shoes off before you get in my car, please. Like, right. I mean, I told you, I use my my sedan as a <laughs> as a truck basically exactly so it's dirty more often than not but yeah there's a <laughs> uh i don't know if you ever heard the minimalists but they they have a brand basically around minimalism mm-hmm. and their their catchphrase is love people use things yeah 
not the other way around. Not the other way. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. I've seen those guys. Yeah, and so you know, I feel like that's that is a healthy way. You know, you, you buy a vehicle to use it, and you know, just to kind of I guess clarify, like when we're talking about like off road capable vehicles, like sometimes like the use for a truck or an SUV isn't even necessarily going off in the mountains. It's bringing home a piece of furniture from the store. Right. You know? Yeah, and that's exactly the use that I would be talking about more than anything. Yeah. and you know, You're out and about, and you say, oh, I'd like to have this or that, and yeah. it doesn't fit in your car, obviously. So then you go, well, I could rent a truck. Or, right. Or, like, you know, there's trailheads, and there are water accesses that are, you know, down a gravel road that is just not well-maintained you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing so you want something a little maybe a little ground clearance or something like that so like there are definitely some other purposes and um, most of my off-roading experience from a young child to basically adulthood was beach mm-hmm. driving on the beach oh yeah i, I you know I, I don't remember too much of going out with my my dad and them in, in finding the fire roads and things in the mountains mm-hmm. um, we would go down mountain roads Okay. But they would be paved mountain roads yeah. and that kind of thing, or something like Crabtree Falls, where yeah, you know, you really should have a full drive vehicle <laughs> to go up. But I've definitely seen yeah, cars go up and make it mm-hmm. up there. It's just it gets a little thick on the gravel. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, I mean, the last time I took my truck down to um to camp down near Switzer Lake, on a a forest you know fire road. And a little Honda Civic came driving past my oh, campsite. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm like, wait, I crossed water twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's amazing what people will do in their vehicles. Yeah. But, um, or like the last time I drove up to um, to Mount Pleasant. I mean, that's not a very well-maintained road. Right. And I was in, in, in the Jetta. And so I was just like, I need a, you know, <laughs> a more capable vehicle. Right. It's like you just feel more comfortable. It's mm-hmm. a comfort level when you yeah. get to that kind of thing. and. Yeah, I, like I said, I took the Mercedes on that road. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, okay, this is sketch. Yeah. But, you know, the last time we went, I don't remember what I took. Maybe we didn't take the Equinox. I don't remember what we took last time, but it was it was uh, just a lot more comfortable to take it up there. Yeah. It must have been the Jeep. It had to be the Jeep. Okay. Because I don't know that I would have felt more comfortable in anything else at that point. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you mentioned the beach, and were you the one that was telling me that it's it's getting harder and harder to find places you can actually drive on the beach? Well, without a permit. No. Like a lot of the outer banks now, you have to have a permit to go out where it was all. You know, the only place that you needed a permit, well, the only place it wasn't allowed was like right in front of the houses at Nags Head kind of thing. Okay. But like northern part of, uh, you know, Corova and that area. Mm-hmm. You could just drive out there. Yeah. And now you have to have a permit. You can't stop on the beach. You have yeah. to keep moving, that kind of thing. I'm not sure about like Avon and farther down, mm-hmm. um, but the last I heard, that all of that, you had to have at least a permit on. Okay. Versus, yeah. You know, the Cro- Crove area was the only place on that northern end that I knew of where you could drive before. And to, to my understanding, it kind of came down to something we've talked about before, which is just kind of that, you know, being good stewards and yeah. like using common sense yeah because yeah. you ended up having a bunch of people that would park in the main driving area mm-hmm. you know and so you had residents who had difficulty getting in and out to the houses which kind of one thing snowballed to another sure. led to your your permits and all of that yeah and you got people who you know they farther down you go avon red Anth, you know hatteras all these down there 
they'll they'll pull up on the dunes. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, don't you don't drive on the dunes. That's just yeah. you don't. So I, I'm sure that the whole one bad apple kind of thing just yep. ended up being too many bad apples. Yeah, and they, that's when they change rules. You know, Absolutely. that's how it is. That's just if 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 everybody did what they were supposed to, they would it would never be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, but people don't. So mm-hmm. they're just more con- not as considerate, you know, for other people's places and times and things. So for sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I learned how to drive stick on the beach. I mentioned that before. <laughs> but um, our areas were Frisco mm-hmm. and the Point, and then Ocracoke. That's where we mainly went when we went to the beach. Okay. So, nice. Um, lots of driving out there, but. You know, when tide comes in, a lot of that beach gets narrow, and you have to be careful. And just like you were saying, if you're, yeah. if you're parked there and you're like, "Oh, sunning for the day, whatever," yeah, all of a sudden the tide comes in. Now you're blocking everybody. You can't uh-huh. you can't move back and forth. So, yeah, you know, I just remembered. Um, you know, I didn't. This wasn't me owning an off-road vehicle, but uh, actually, back in oh god, it must have been high school. Uh, the first time. Or the only time I've actually driven on the beach, uh, I was dating a girl back then who had a Jeep Wrangler, and we had gone down and stayed at uh, somewhere down Hatteras. Um, it was either Rodanthia or a little past that, somewhere somewhere in the middle there. And we had gone down to one of the vehicle access points and did some driving on the beach, and it was actually kind of a funny situation. Um, you know, at that point I knew nothing about off roading, zero. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I believe she was driving, and we got stuck in the sand, and we're trying to get it out, and it was, like, evening time, and the tide was, like, starting to come in, and so, like, there's a little bit of panic there or whatever, but come to find out, uh, the four-wheel drive had gotten it had gotten knocked out of the four-wheel oh, drive, gotcha. and it was in the two-wheel drive, so as soon as we got it back into that, we were able to get out of that, but yeah, that was the one time I was able to drive on the beach, but then... Uh, down in uh, South Padre, Texas, uh, encountered a a guy driving like a full size like Silverado, I believe it was, just buried, buried to the axles in sand. Yeah, and the like, worst thing to do in sand is to keep going. Yeah, well, and he hadn't <laughs> let any air out of his tires. Yeah. He didn't have any tools. Yeah. Didn't even have a shovel or anything with them. <laughs> and it was just like, dude, you messed up. <laughs> some of those guys, you know, they'll they'll do that on purpose. They'll mm. dig it down. Yeah. Like, they'll put it in two-wheel, dig it down, and then try to get themselves out. Yeah. It's just dumb. Yeah. There's no need for that. Yeah. So, but yeah, the first thing you do is let your area out of tires. Uh-huh. You know, and you should bring a compressor with you so you can pump it back right. up. Right. And maybe have, like, a shovel or something. <laughs> yeah. A shovel is nice. I mean, you don't have to have it, but it just makes things nicer. Yeah. Because you end up having to pull up a lot larger volume of sand out in front of where you're at. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people I've towed, like, gotten unstuck from the beach. Really? Dozens. Dozens. Uh, and it's just because, and I've, I've found some wood. <laughs> uh, never, I've never been stuck on the beach. Mm-hmm. But it's because my dad showed me how to drive on the beach. Yeah. And when you're driving on the sand like that, the first thing you watch out for is hopping. Because if you start, if your vehicle starts to hop, okay, you're digging. Hmm. Period. That's all how it is. So if you you go in slow and it just starts to, gotcha. you just stop. Yeah. You just stop what you're doing, get out, 
you know, you might only be in two wheel drive at that point in time. Mm-hmm. My dad used to drive two wheel drive all the time. <laughs> you know, he would only put in four wheel when he needed it. Yeah. But you know, we also had to get out and lock the hubs and stuff ourselves. Yeah. But you, yeah, you just stop and get out. If you had to let air out of your tires, let air out of your tires. But you won't get stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, stay in the lower gears. Some people roll along and they, you know, oh, I'm get third, fourth gear. Don't do that. <laughs> it's a lot like driving in snow. Yeah. You know, something we're more accustomed to here than necessarily driving for for a lot of people than driving in sand. Yeah. Yeah. We were down one time and um it was it was after a hurricane and we were we were out on the beach. We weren't driving. We were watching another guy and he was like coming kind of toward us. He's still a good distance away. And all of a sudden you just see like a big, well, the truck stops and a big puff of smoke, like oh, come out of the windows, and the guy stumbles out of the vehicle and he's like stumbling all around. So we run up to him and we're like, you know, you okay? It was his airbag went off. Oh, inadvertently. Yeah. But his, the truck, had been in the floodwaters. It just hadn't gotten up to where it was in the thing, but apparently got all on the sensors. Yeah, and it, it just just went off, broke his nose right there. <laughs> He's so bloody. But it's just like you're all alone on the beach, and all of a sudden you're like, "What the <laughs> what the heck is going on?" You know. And, well, you know that's kind of it. Kind of reminds me of uh, so you know we we talk about older vehicles versus newer vehicles. You have so many safety features on the newer vehicles, which are great when you need them. Like, you want your airbag to go off when you need your airbags. Right. Uh, the Chevy Colorado, the smaller truck that they, mm-hmm. they brought back, uh, you know, they brought out a, a model of number of years ago that was, like, off-road capable. It was very clearly targeted at Toyota Tacoma were coming for you. Right. And then you start seeing all these stories of people, like, taking them out on the trails. And there's a, um, I guess it's like a tilt sensor. So side to side, if you tilt too far, the side curtain airbags would deploy. And so there's all these people, and there's like videos, wow. not even on serious trails or anything, and like would just have a little too much tilt to it or something, and like poof. That's a good thing side the stairs weren't that way. <laughs> we, we had gauges on our dash to tell us how far over we right. were. Like, right on the edge there, buddy. Uh, but yeah, oh wow. I yeah. heard about that. That's a lot crazy. of people were very upset because they they build it as, hey, this is a very this is an off road capable vehicle. Yeah, and then like people driving to the trailhead, like here go my airbags. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the the safety stuff is nice, but not when it goes off and you're not expecting it. So. Yeah, but yeah. That was the, uh, you know, you didn't have that in Scouts. <laughs> we had lap yeah. belts. We didn't even have shoulder belts right. in the first couple. But um, the, our our first Scout, it was it was like the color green of um, like your Department of the Interior. Okay, it's kind of that Def- minty kind of green. Okay, um, white stripes, white rally stripes, and um, a white top. And uh, beautiful truck. Yeah. Beautiful truck. Then my brother rolled it. Oh. Yeah. So he rolled it, destroyed the top. My dad bought, he had just bought brand new tires on it, right? Mm-hmm. 
He bought it back from the insurance company for less than what the tires cost. So, <laughs> and he knew the vehicle itself, the main body of the vehicle was, you know, as far as sound, it was fine. Yeah. And the 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 body of the truck would have fared much better, but the tow truck driver, instead of just flipping it back over, he drug it. Oh man! And then flipped it back over. So like one yeah. side just got really kind of messed up. So that truck ended up being basically four different colors. <laughs> we had a dark green door. We had a yellow door. We had the light green. And everywhere, because my dad pulled the dents himself, mm-hmm. and then he put this rust preventative on it, so it was brown. <laughs> so everything like that was brown. Yeah. And then we put a soft top on it, and it was a black soft top. So wow. It ended up getting dubbed the bullfrog. The bullfrog. And the bullfrog, <laughs> I actually wrecked the bullfrog later on when I was, I was messing around, uh, down near where my dad lived, and mm-hmm. um, I, I it's a dirt road, and I just got on it in a curve and ended up into the trees. Mm. So didn't do that much damage to it, but um, it, it's just such a cool vehicle. Yeah, it's just it's just so such a, a you know top. Take the top completely off, you know. It's a, it's a total convertible. And the, f- the funny thing is, is that the old top, the fiber, the, the steel top, um, had a dome light in it that mm-hmm. never worked. Okay, Dad could never get it to work. He tried rewiring parts of it and things like that. Could never. Uh, and we flipped it off. We unbolted it, flipped it off and over, and the light came on. <laughs> <laughs> on the top, that's never going to be work on the on the truck anymore. But yeah, yeah. So then the light came on. <laughs> he was like, "What the hell?" Oh man. But um, I, I won't. I never forget that because uh, the the windshield uh, bezel or whatever you call it, the part that holds the windshield mm-hmm. in, was squished too. Okay. You know, so um, we had taken that off. And you know, he knew the guy in Mechanicsville, and he was getting a bunch of parts from okay, him to, yeah. to do things with it. But he decided, we're going to go for a ride. So he gave me a set of goggles, and he, <laughs> he wore glasses. And we went on down, we went down 60. Wow. At, you know, 60 miles an hour, 65 or whatever. I mean, the wind is just, there's nothing stopping it. So it's just like, <laughs> and you know, stuff is flying, oh little bits gosh. of glass and dust and everything else is just going all over the place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can remember that, though. You know, my, my dad had the biggest smile on his face when he, we were riding down there. <laughs> he was having a ball. But, uh, yeah, we got a new windshield thing, got a soft top for it, and then mm-hmm. he had that thing for years. And um, I guess he, when it finally was just beyond the point where he wanted to mess with it, he ended up getting... Uh, he ended up getting one of the older model uh, two door forerunners. Okay. You know, yeah. So he loved that truck. <laughs> I, I didn't like it too much. Uh-huh. I didn't like the way it sat. But it was a it was a good capable truck too. Yeah. Well, and again, I feel like there's something to be said for a capable vehicle. Yeah. You know. And there's a lot. Like Subaru's got some decent like was it cross track i think it's called the cross track the even the new forester looks nice and Forest, new forester looks bigger too it is yeah everything gets bigger every year that's yeah. what I was, you you were mentioning that colorado yeah and now the colorados are even bigger than they were when they first came yeah. out it's like why can't you keep a small truck like even back when i bought my tacoma i was like you know the newer tacoma is almost the size of the older tundra you know right 
I used to, I, I do I like that older Tundra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really like it because it's kind of a I would call it a mid-size pickup. Right. But it had a V8 in it. So mm-hmm. I wanted that size with that power. Yeah. You know, so honestly that may be what you see me buy <laughs> is one of those. But you know, now you look at like gosh, like the new like Silverados. I mean, the tailgate comes up almost to my face, yeah. you know. It's just everything is supersized. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I I look at some things like the Suburbans, the new ones are like school buses. And it's like, I, I don't I mean, unless I had seven kids or something, I'm not sure that I would ever want yeah, anything like I don't, that. Yeah, I don't really have a need for it. You know, Andrew has Suburban. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an older one. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's jacked up. Five mm-hmm. inches or something. He has big, big tires and stuff. It's his his Silverado is big old monster. <laughs> it's everything he's ever wanted. Diesel and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I'll go with him and I ride, and I'm like, I love this truck. Right. You know, I love the way it sounds. <laughs> I love the way it looks. And then I think about it, and I'm like, I have to jump up into this thing every time I get in. Right? <laughs> do yeah. I really want to do that with myself? <laughs> so, so part of me, yes, I'm like you. It's like. What do, what do I really want? Yeah. And, you know, I guess it's just gonna what it's gonna boil down to is when I actually go to get one. Yeah, and I just go, what am I gonna do with it? Exactly. You know. So. Yeah. And I think having something older that you can kind of beat on a little bit is perfectly acceptable. I think so. I think in in my mind, what I would rather have is a truck that I could do that and just use it as a truck. Reliable, obviously, mm-hmm. looks decent, but I can use it for that type of thing. And then a car that's more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you need a little fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully there's a part two to this conversation. Hopefully uh, Steven shows up with the truck and I show up with, or I don't know. I might show up with a scout. Well, I'll start playing the lottery tonight. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> going to have to happen. But. Yeah, exactly. But I think, uh, you know, I don't know what else to say about that. No, I could ramble for days on it just because I, I, I'm not attached to any particular vehicles, but I love vehicles. I mm-hmm. love cars. And I could just I could just talk about stuff for forever. Yeah. So and we don't want to do that. No, so not at all. <laughs> we're just going to say goodbye. There you go. But, you know, you know <laughs> what we say around here. That's right. We'll see you all out there. Thanks for listening to Explore the Everyday. Your hosts were Travis Fellows and Stephen Bowling. This podcast is produced and edited by me, Travis Fellows. Don't forget to subscribe to Explore the Everyday and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you like today's episode, please send it to a friend because word of mouth helps us to grow. If you really want to help us out, you can make a donation at buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. You can find that link and others in the show notes or at explorettheeveryday.com. Get out there and explore the everyday wherever you might be. Well, I'm sorry. That's not even in this apartment. Where is that? Is that in the hall? That's what it sounds like, yeah. Okay. Thank you.